On today's podcast, we talk about the upcoming fight this weekend between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. We discuss NFL quarterbacks, and we also talk about Kevin Durant not wanting to visit the White House. What are your words doing after you make your protest, right? I really haven't heard Kevin Durant saying anything other than I'm not going, right? Mm -hmm. He hasn't come out and said, this is why, and laid it out. And I can understand some people out there may be like, well, duh, Chris, it's (laughs) obvious. But you you have to explain what you're doing. Um, LeBron James sent out a tweet not too long ago. I agreed with most of it in the end, he started slamming Trump, and I'm like, we're missing the point here. If we're saying President Trump is unfit for office because of the way he speaks, and then you say all the things he does wrong, and then at the end of it, say, oh, he sucks. You're just like exactly. him. <laughs> You're exactly. no different, right? That's true. That's You're tuned into the new channel sports podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Welcome to the New Channel Sports Podcast. You are listening to Oenyi, like deja vu. Across from me is Chris. What is up, man? What's good, man? I'm ready to get to it. And standing straight across from me with an Indian's hat on. Is that an Indian's hat on? That's what you got on? Yep. Your boy, Trey. What's up, Trey? Not much, man. What's up? It's not not Indian Nation. You know who I rep. Why don't you say it Steeler one time? Nation. Right? Say it one time. Steeler Nation. That's say, who you're say what's up to my boys one time. Your boys? Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy Nation. You want to say what's up to Cowboy Nation? Bulls on parade? <laughs> what about Laker Nation? No. 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 Can't do it. All right. Won't do it. Can't do it. Well, we're back anyway. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we had technical difficulties. That's why I said deja vu. This would be our second time doing a 20th episode. So, um, but anyway, it's all good. We're into the 20th episode now. Um, what are we going to jump into? What do you want to jump into? I'll let, I'll let Chris decide what we're going to jump into. Just jump into something. Let's start off with KD. KD? Yeah, Kevin Durant? let's do Kevin Durant. I know that's your favorite ball player in the whole wide world. He's, he's a great hooper, man. He's right up there with the great ones. Right. But behind LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant refuses, or he said he will not go to the White House if they're invited or whatever because he doesn't like who's in office. And, um, you know, this is a son that's happening now, I guess. Stuff like this. Um, opinions, thoughts on that? I always find it difficult when athletes say they're not going to the White House because of who the president is or who the president is or who the president may not be because – it's still the Oval Office, right, held in such high esteem, and you may not have another opportunity to go there again. You don't have to like the president. Um, I, I don't see why you would take it as such a personal thing. You're going up there. You won a championship. You can shake his hand or not shake his hand. That really doesn't matter. But to come out in public and say, I'm not going, it almost has a sense of just kind of hate, right? It just breeds that same rhetoric that people um whether you like Donald Trump or not, it's just kind of the same rhetoric. Oh, I'm not going to go. I don't see the point of that. You're not making any change. You're not standing for anything. You're just saying you're not going. It's almost like a little kid not wanting to go to eat their broccoli or something. I don't want to go because it's not good. It doesn't make any sense. you got to give me a reason why. And it really hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I actually applaud him for standing up and saying that. I think that. They, I think this is a way for him to be able to send a message to him as well. I mean, much like we've talked about several times, whether it's taking a knee or taking a seat, whatever it is that you want to do. I think, I don't think that, I think this is truly personal. This isn't, has nothing to do with like disrespecting the Oval Office. I think they probably, he probably would have considered doing this had not the mockery that's been made uh, of the presidency uh, over the last week or so, but I think that has just been something that's just put the icing on the cake, man. Like it's just, it's just too much. And to me, going is kind of saying and smiling in his face and whether you shake his hand or not. I mean, I think that's kind of saying we're kind of cool with that or we're okay with that. 
And it is a pretty prestigious thing. And I think he's taken away from some athletes who you're right, may never get this chance again. And now they've got to compromise their integrity or, you know, have to disappoint loved ones because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that these guys know and love that are telling them don't go or why would you do that? So I think these athletes are in a tough situation. I do feel when I hear people say they applaud him, I've seen several articles saying, oh, we applaud him. I think we're taken away from the office in and of itself, right? You have to understand President Trump is the president. Unless he says something about you personally, says Kevin Durant, you are and attaches something to you. I can understand that personal disrespect, but he still holds high esteem with the office. And I think we've kind of lost regard for what the actual title president means. There are certain people in this country who say, oh, I'm not going to go shake his hand, uh, President Trump. And there was a slew of people when President Obama was president saying, oh, if he came here, I wouldn't shake his hand. To me, it's foolish. Um, you respect the office and you go. Now, do you, do you have to say, oh, I respect his values? That's different. He's, you don't have to like his values. You don't have to like his stance. You don't have to like his message. I get that. But the office in and of itself, you have to respect that. And I think coming out and saying, oh, I'm not going because he's there disrespects the actual title that he holds. Yeah, but typically me and in, in my everyday life, if I don't agree with you, if I got different values with you than you, even in my daily life, I don't care if you were the principal at my kid's school, if you were my coworker, I don't mess with you. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fake it. I'm not gonna act like we're cool when we're not. So it's not a dis- sign of disrespect. It's it's uh, it's either you're with me or you're against me. One of the two. And and in this situation I feel like the president, no matter what title, if he was the it didn't matter what he was. He's the commander in chief. But if he was, you know, a four star general or if he was the governor, it'd be the same thing. Like, I just think that there's a line that you just don't cross. And I can't I can't unfor- I can't forget what you said a couple of days ago. I can't forget the actions you've been saying and, and the way you've been and just shake your hand and act like, oh, because you're the president, you get a pass on that. No, nah, bro. No, nah. you you cross the line for me. No, I can, I can I can I um, can agree with that. I mean, um. If you believe in something, especially in this country, you have to stand up for what you believe in. It that's just point blank and simple to me. Because if you don't, people are gonna step over you. Just, that's just true. I agree. And so um even if you agree to his stance or not, he's doing something he believes in, and I can respect that. Just like that and, and the president has a right to do that too. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people now who, you know, their silence is in in a way upsetting people. Even number 44, I mean, President Obama, people are like, what's wrong with him? How come he's not coming out and saying something? And yes, he had the the most high, the most most popular tweet and retweet ever, mm-hmm. ever. Right. Uh, but they're like, they want more from him because he's the person who's held that office lately that had, I mean, even then, I mean, he was a lot more prestigious than now. I think we're teetering along a 30% approval rating, which is the worst in the history of any president. Like, bruh. I mean, come on. And I think sports, again, my opinion, a microcosm of life in general, I mean, is a way for these guys to say, you know, I'm going to use this platform to do it. And I mean, I, I can't, I, I don't know what I would do. And I don't even know what I will think of the guys who do go there, to be honest with you. And to, to what's going on right now? I mean, the, I mean, not, I know this is a, a sports podcast, but um, the young lady who was killed in Charlottetown, her, Charlottesville, her mom won't even speak to the president. She won't even accept his help. He called her during the funeral. Like, not only did he not go to the funeral, he called her during the funeral. She's like, I refuse to speak to that man. And she's re- like literally rejecting on her cell phone calls from the president. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you. I will say in terms of Kevin Durant and relating it to what I've also seen it was probably a month or two ago where the vice president, Mike Pence, was given a speech, a graduation speech, and the students started walking out in Notre Dame. And I feel that same – it just just breathes disrespect. And I'm not saying, okay, you have to respect Donald Trump. I'm saying he's the president, right? Unless he says something that personally, I'm saying he comes out and says, Kevin Durant, you are this, this, and this. And I understand it. But when I go there, if, if Donald Trump were in the room, I would show him the respect. I would show any person – of authority, whoever it may be from any country, I would show them and give them that respect. That's it. It doesn't mean that I agree with their values or even upholding their values. You just give the title in and of itself respect. Right. It's not a big deal going there, standing up, 
accepting, you know, you know, the president speaks, you know, he may say something a little cute, or whatever. They all they all do the same kind of run around and give some little playful jabs to the team and walking out. But to come out and say, Oh, I'm not going. It is what what message does that send to the other kids though? Okay, so you don't like something, don't go. Don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You can't have that. It is it breathes the wrong message. So so you of all people on this show have said on many occasions about perception. So those exact same kids who are having a hard time dealing with it, listening in the news, understanding how someone who runs our country would be able to talk about people protesting and saying neo-Nazis and people who, you know, racist, like known racists and Ku Klux Klan members are, you know, trying not to disassociate them. Like, how do you tell a little kid, okay, wait a minute, this guy said that and you're over here smiling and shaking his hand like I'm confused. Like I could see how a little fifth grader or fourth grader is going to be like, wait a second. Like I thought this guy said this about these people. And now my favorite basketball player is shaking his hand. Is that okay? And and that's a teacher moment right there. Right. You have to teach. There is a form of authority, right? Agree with it or not. Now he's not coming out. I, mean, I know we're not trying to go all the way there with this show, but he's not coming out and saying flat out, oh, I this support. New Channel Politics. You're all with New Channel Politics. <laughs> he's not coming politics. out saying, I support uh, these move- th- this movement, especially what we saw last weekend. That's not what he's saying. Now, did he come out and say the right thing? We're not going to argue that. I don't think anybody in this country is going to argue that he said the right thing. But what I'm saying is, is just respect the office. When I see CEOs of the largest companies in the world and in the United States of America, want to disassociate with them, I don't have a problem with Kevin Durant doing it. I mean, you're talking about some of the people who are running some of the most profitable, largest companies in the world. Like, you know what, bro? Uh Uh-uh. Enough is enough. Thank you for appointing me. Thank you for allowing me to do this. But I can't. My constituents, my employees, I cannot look them in the face and say that I'm here supporting your agenda. So you know what? I'm out. Like, I felt like he was on Shark Tank. Now everyone's like, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. And that's and it's happening every day. Every day. Like we're not even ugh. I think I haven't watched sports as much as I probably would have because I'm still sitting there in disbelief and my son's like, that's not true, is it? I'm like every news channel's reporting it. Like it's just I think our what we've gone through in the last ten days or so or seven days has just been I I don't even I'm like been I'm like a zombie. Like I don't get it. I don't understand. And I just can't condone it. And it's not just that. It's if you were anything. I don't get along well and I don't, you know, associate with people that are thieves, that are, you know, uh, child molester, stuff like that. Like, I can't, no, I can't, I can't disassociate that. Once I know that that's the way that you are, then you're, you might be cool with other people. But for me and you, we just don't have to have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I kind of agree with, you know, Kevin Durant. Um, yes, people make mistakes, but when you do it over and over and over and over again, that's not a mistake. So you right now, Trey, if you were a professional athlete, let's say you were the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and mm. they, they, oh God, you're loving it a little bit too much. Stop that. <laughs> and they invite you to the White House. Would you go to the White House? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So what is the difference? What is the difference between not going to the White House and kneeling during the national anthem. Well, I think the difference is going to the White House is not, that has nothing to do with, to me, there's been people who've been in that office who weren't as um, good for our people as they may have should have, may should have been. And that's in my opinion. Mm-hmm. In this situation here, I get where Chris is going about saying how he is the commander in chief and what I've been able to disassociate myself with, forget my own political beliefs. Whoever's the the president, they're the president. I hold them to a high regard. But those people, whether they were from my party or not, they held themselves in a manner, in a demeanor that upheld the office of the presidency. The president that we have in office right now, mm -mm. if I said some of the stuff that he said at my job, I get fired. If my kid said some of the stuff that he said about other people and other races at school, they get fired. Or they they'd be in detention or ISS or suspended. If they teased and bullied people like that, they would be on a program trying to help them not to become bullies. So for me, I I don't think that when when our former presidents, whether they were Democratic or Republican, Republican, they had a demeanor about them that was just 
Like, wow, that's the president. And that awe, like, wow. Like, it doesn't matter if I voted for them or not. I would literally be running at the opportunity to shake their hand, whether they were, because that's, I want to have conversations with them. This guy, I could care less. I could absolutely care less. And it's, and it was like that before. I was like, you know what? I'll give him a chance. I didn't know who I was voting for until the very, very end, to be quite honest with you. So I literally, my kids watch every Republican convention, every Democratic convention. I have a polling booth in my house. I use my kids' badge and IDs. I let them vote independently in the closet. Like they literally go in there. We rant and we, I'm seriously, I mean, I'm, I am that much into this type of stuff. And that's why I'm so taken aback by it now because I'm disappointed. I feel like I made my kids go back in and listen to this. And they're like, Dad, this guy is not a good guy. I'm like, no, no, you got to listen. You've got to be open-minded. And now they're like, told you. I mean, when an 11-year-old can look at you in the face and say, I told you this was going to happen. Like, you're like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I'll say as far as, you know, going back to O's question with the difference between this, not going to the White House, and taking a knee during a game. And it's kind of something me and Trey, we've talked about both on the podcast and off of it. And you brought this point up a lot. What are your words doing after you make your protest, right? I really haven't heard Kevin Durant saying anything other than I'm not going, right? Mm -hmm. He hasn't come out and said, this is why, and laid it out. And I can understand some people out there may be like, well, duh, Chris, it's <laughs> obvious. But you you have to explain what you're doing. Um, LeBron James sent out a tweet not so long ago. I agreed with most of it, and then he started slamming Trump. And I'm like, we're missing the point here. If we're saying President Trump is unfit for office because of the way he speaks, and then you say all the things he does wrong, and then at the end of it, oh, he sucks. You're just like exactly. him. <laughs> you're exactly. no different, right? That's true. So that's, that's why true. I was so upset with i shouldn't say upset but disagreed with kevin durant's stance he was just like i'm not going we don't have a good president well that's not enough it's, it's like a little kid's mentality well, i don't want it because it's yucky but like, you got to give me more than they got to give me more substance than that that was my problem with what kevin durant did as opposed to what colin kaepernick did where he had his stance he had the cameras in front of him then he explained his stance I was like okay i see where you're coming from with kevin durant it's like oh okay i, I don't know where you're coming from i just think that the the uh, the visit to the white house is more of a more of like just uh something that's just supposed to happen but i i think the like a privilege or, i don't know that it's a privilege i think it's just more like a it's just something that just happens. Like you just do it because that's just tradition. It's just tradition. The national anthem, there's something behind that. To most Americans, that means something. When someone goes to visit the president, most people don't even realize that it happened until you watch the 10 o'clock news and it's on for the last 30 seconds of the show. Like that's the, that's when people, oh, they visited right. the White House today. Um, so, but I think the, the national anthem has a totally different meaning than visiting that. I mean, I think back in the day when they used to get the phone call while they were in the off and you know in the locker room celebrating as old Chris. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but, <laughs> but I mean they would literally get a call from the president. And I've seen, you know, them on the phone with Ronald Reagan and George Bush like talking with them, like, hey, congratulations on winning the chance. That's what it used to, I mean, that's how it used to be now. I just think that I mean there's Tom Brady's missed it, a visit to the White House, right? Right. I, yeah. I mean so, yeah. so I mean and yeah, I'm busy. Like I've got stuff planned. Was it really the reason? And I don't hate Tom Brady for doing that. I mean, you if you want to stand up for something, stand up for it. But I think you do. I I, I didn't read the whole article about KD. Uh, I just heard – I saw that he was asked a question and he said that he wasn't going to go. But I would hold him accountable just like I held everybody else. Like, if you're going to do that, like, speak up. Like, say why you're not going to do it and and stand for something. Yeah. It's tough, though. As a professional athlete, I can just only imagine. For instance, Michael Jordan. You never hear anything about him standing up for anything, really. Truly. Right. He just stayed in the background, and he was a great basketball player. It seems like nowadays, fans expect athletes to come out and say something and speak their mind and um, back up whatever's happening in the nation at that time. So I do think it's pretty difficult for you to get your word out there and for people not to misunderstand what you're saying or what you're trying to do. Um, so... Like I said, I respect him for, you know, going out there and standing up for what he believes in, basically. Yeah, I think I couldn't agree with you more. I think that Des Bryant is taking some heat at that right about that right now. I mean, because I think they've they've asked him about it several times and he's like allegedly like I got a family to feed. Like he wants to he's trying to stay out of it. But Charles Barkley said it a long time ago and when he was talking about I am not a role model, I'm not a role model. Unfortunately, guys, they are. They they, they are. They but are. that you know, this it's 
you have to, you can't just make yourself a role model. People might look at you Absolutely. as a role model, mm-hmm. but you have to take that stance. LeBron James has taken that torch and run with it. He's like, I'm a role model and I'm running with it. Like there's, there's Bryant, he's like knocking the, the torch down. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I, I do not want this. Blow I do not want this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think after a certain point in time, fans will look at you and be like, you know, this guy is not really a role model. People look at Le- look up to LeBron and be like, this guy is a role model. He's taking the torch and he's running with it. And I think, you know, with Charles Barkley, he he knocked the torch down. He's like, no, I am not a role model. I'm not taking this stance. There are things that I do off the court that you guys do not agree with. <laughs> but even with that being said, he was still looked upon as a as a role model. Absolutely. You he's know? one of mine. And he kept he was adamant. I was like, no, you're gonna be my role model, bro. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I liked him for that. I personally respect any athlete that comes out and recognizes that that's not their role. Right. Because it's not for everybody to speak up. Let's be honest, Des Bryant has a lot of moments where I don't really want him to be our spokesperson, but he recognizes that and he doesn't want to be it either. So I respect him for recognizing that in the first instance. Yeah. And it's right. a, it's been the subject matter too as well. Yeah. You know, that's why I have a lot of respect for Michael Vick as well. After the whole dog fighting incident happened, he turned into a spokesperson for that. A lot of people didn't like it. There's the people that were, you know, advocates of animals like that, but he really tried to turn around and make it like learn from my mistake. I, I didn't want to do this, and he turned to a spokesperson for that. So it's yeah. it's difficult, though. Yeah. It really is. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page because I think a Republican president said it best. He said, all great change in America begins at the dinner table. So I don't think athletes should be role models. I think that our parents and our teachers and, you know, the people that kids can actually come in contact with should be, should take on that role, but they're not really going to do it. They put their child in front of a TV and expect the athletes to do it. So by default, like you said, the athletes kind of become the role models and they didn't ask for it. They, they're, they're human like us. They make mistakes. They, they sin. They make bad decisions. Like they're yeah. bad. I mean, they, they, they're human. Uh, but I think it starts with us. And, you know, before the show, we're talking about being a parent. I think that's what it takes as a parent stepping up and letting them know these guys are human. Um, and you were talking about a teachable moment, letting them know that even though you're the president, yeah, you can't say that. Or maybe there's a better way to say that. Or maybe you should, you know, think before you speak. Yeah. So I think this teachable moments, whether it's the president, a professional football player, teacher, the next door neighbor, I think if parents take advantage of those opportunities, more often, I think that we wouldn't see these athletes as role models and expect them to help raise our kids. Yeah. And kind of interesting, um, I was looking up old videos of the guy he who used to sit out in the NBA, Maroof. Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. What's his original name? Chris Davis? Chris Jackson. I think I want to say it's like Chris Jackson. I want to say it's Chris Jackson. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And it's interesting. I just want to see what athletes of that time how they dealt with it because I was an issue then when he wasn't standing for the anthem and it's interesting everybody always says and Michael Jordan never spoke up about certain instances but on that occasion he spoke up and he, he was asked and he said he applauds him for doing what he's doing for standing up for his beliefs and he basically defended him I was stunned because you always hear Michael Jordan stands for nothing, but he did say something. That was during his playing days. I was watching them. Like, wow, this video clip is never shown, but he did if, say if something. Michael Jordan was like the tenth player coming off the bench or something like that. <laughs> you would be caught from that team probably because yeah. he's Michael Jordan. But you know, it goes hand in hand. The same reasons why you applaud these guys are the same reasons why you might try to disown them because of their greatness. Michael Jordan is so great. Anything that he says. People are going to be paying attention to what he's saying. Absolutely. And if if he doesn't say something that you agree with, you're going to be pretty upset with him because he, he's such a great player. Yeah, we, but we have this false pretense about how great and how perfect these guys right, really are. Right, right, And I think that's and our kids have that. Our, I think as adults we kind of tend to have it, but our kids it's on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. But I tell you this much: had the San Antonio Spurs won the NBA championship, they wouldn't be going. I don't think that whole team would go to the White House. Oh, yeah. Greg Popovich ain't having that. He's not having that at all. He is not having that. I I apologize to him and the Spurs and everybody else publicly, you know, via Facebook and Instagram, like when he came up and stood for something, but the way he went about it, like we were just talking about, like that Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr has been very vocal about his opinions on that. And and, and it doesn't matter if it, if it was a Democratic president, a Republican president, that doesn't matter. I like the fact that if people 
people, you got an issue with something, like say something. Like you said, like say something. Let's talk about it. But yeah. let's. Stand and I kind of wish that's what Kevin Durant would have done too. You know, he maybe he should have voiced his opinion and be like, "This is how I feel." But I'm going to go to that White House and I'm going to talk to Donald Trump directly and tell him how I feel as well. Instead of just avoiding the whole situation and saying, this is not where I'm going to go, you know, but that's just me. You yeah. know, we're all entitled to do things the way that we want to do them, you know, so. I thought about you guys when, did you guys hear Doug Baldwin's comment about the Michael Bennett situation? And he said he stood behind him because, you know, Doug Baldwin came out and publicly was against what Colin Kaepernick was doing. And now yeah. it's his teammate doing something like that. And Doug Baldwin's family cops and all this type of good stuff and he said one of the last statements was not only do i applaud him for doing what he's doing but the way he went about doing it or his reasoning behind doing it and i think as adults as kids we want to know why are you doing this yeah, right. and i think that's what kevin durant could probably do a little bit better and that's half the battle with a lot of things absolutely honestly it's you can have a stance but if you go about doing it the wrong way People are just not going to respect you. Absolutely. If you go out doing it the right way, people they might look at you like, okay, I understand why you're doing this. Let's talk about this, and you have respect for another. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that. But I, I know we can also put this kind of put this into perspective. If you have a certain stance, there are people who are going to view your position, no matter how you Absolutely. take your position, as you're crazy Absolutely. because you're taking that stance. Absolutely. Right? This would put that out there. Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm just glad that we're taking the time on you know this podcast to talk about it because this is stuff that's really real i mean i know it's baseball season but playoffs is heating up and and did y'all see the home run aaron judge hit the other day tell me you saw it i didn't see it i saw it you saw it (laughs) the outfielder didn't even think he just like looked like he he, he glanced back (laughs) like nope (laughs) (laughs) it said it had an exit velocity of like 117 miles an hour 457 feet i mean it was it was a monster monster shot Giancarlo stands on pace to hit 62 home runs like to break what people feel is roger maris's record NFL season is getting ready to start, and the only thing they're talking about right now is our president. And, like, that's that's crazy to me. And what's going on across in the world. Like, it's so crazy now. Right now, fantasy football. I haven't even planned some of my fantasy football drafts. Like, I mean, I like. got to get that started. Yeah, exactly. Like, fantasy football. Like, all that stuff that we would normally be in the mindset of right now, I think we're all kind of taken aback. Like, what just happened? Like, well, what is going on? And I hope, I, I hope we can get back to, you know, football and Baseball, MLB playoffs. I would like MLB playoffs. Uh, but get back to that type of stuff because it's a, uh, it's t- it's a tough time to be an American. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I agree. You, t- I will say this, and I know there are certain videos that have come out in recent weeks where you only expected to see that in your history class, right? Yeah, like you didn't expect <laughs> to see that on live news. <laughs> so which is why it's taking everybody back. Yeah, right. Okay. And that's enough on new channel politics. <laughs> discussing issues in America. Okay, so uh, I want to get into this this fight. It's going to be going what fight? down. Well, I forgot their names already. I don't know. Next week there's a fight. This will be a big fight, a mega fight. That's a, some, little, WWE, some little guys, some little WWE, guys. WWE fight. <laughs> uh, Floyd Mayweather, um, Conor McGregor, next Saturday. It's going to be going down. We have talked about this. I think it was episode seven. We have a big discussion about that fight. And I just wanted to see if any of you guys' views have changed on the fight. Mine's haven't. I'm not watching it. I decided I'm just not going to watch it. It's a circus. It's just an event that's going to go down. Floyd Mayweather's going to win. He's going to be 50-0, and he's going to ride off into the sunset. I already know what's going to happen. I'm Cleo, and I already know what's going to happen. I can see the future. Well, Cleo, let me tell you something. <laughs> Cleo's in jail. Yes, she is. <laughs> is she really? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yes, she is. I used the wrong person. I should have said Cleo. I should have said someone else. But anyway. I was tempted to not watch it. Then I said, I'm going to watch it. Um, now I have, I'll have have something to do. So I won't be, I mean, I won't be in my house to watch it, but I'll watch it somewhere. And I would think, I was thinking that, you know what? Maybe Conor, Conor McGregor could catch Floyd Mayweather slipping. Like nobody else has ever done it. Maybe he could bum rush him. And just come out aggressive from the beginning, and he's used and to only knock fighting. Him out cold. Maybe, maybe. And, but then I started seeing this guy punch a punching bag, <laughs> and then I saw some of the crazy antics that he's doing. Like, I mean, just the way that his stance, and like he's, I think to be able to fight fifty fights, Floyd Mayweather does fifty professional fights, yeah. right? That didn't include your amateur boxing or anything like that. And the way that Conor McGregor's standing there boxing, and when you got sparring partners, like, man, I don't waste my time with you, bro. Like, 
until I've seen what's going on, I'm like, this is bad. Like this is he has only choice, only chance he has is to just get as close to Floyd as you possibly can and get lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna show y'all age a little bit. Um, both of you were old enough when Mike Tyson fought Buster Douglas, right? Yeah, right. Did either one of you watch that fight? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Watched it live. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't watch it live. Mm-hmm. You see, I, I don't know how either one of you could be people who. So Trey, no, you I talked about that. On the last podcast. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't miss both, well, but, but, right? No, no, no. This is the thing, though. Buster Douglas is a professional boxer. So, when he, he has more, he had more than a 1% chance of beating Mike Tyson in that fight. Conor McGregor has less than 1% chance of beating Floyd Mayweather. And like you said, 49 professional fights, that's not going to go away overnight. It's just not going to happen. And then Floyd Mayweather, he is, he, the way he, sets up these fights, there's no way he's going to let someone that can beat him beat him on the 50th fight. It's just not going to happen. I understand what you're saying. That's the only reason I will watch it is for that Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson effect because when that did happen, the world stopped. Like, oh my God. But that's, it's not, it's just not going to happen. Well, I'm watching it for the, the Buster Douglas effect. I'm also watching it just to see if one of them do something crazy in the ring. I know everybody looks at them and say, oh, they have a lot of antics. They do, but they're both kind of crazy, too. They both have the crazy factor. Um, so I could see either one of them doing something crazy in the ring. I don't see a lot of people are joking saying Connor might kick him or something like that. I don't see that. But I can see Connor attempting to tackle him or try to bite him or something crazy just getting beat so bad. And why wouldn't you want to watch that? I think that fix is already in, man. I really think that. Not on his 50th. Fight, no, though. I think that Conor McGregor has nothing to lose, man. He has nothing to lose. Dana White and the UFC will make out like bandits if this fight goes past five rounds. Right? What's the uh, standard UFC fight? Three rounds? Five uh, rounds? Championship is five rounds. Five rounds. So McGregor's, yes, he's grappling and wrestling and all this other type of good stuff. So I don't think he's going to expend the amount of energy. But trying to catch Floyd Mayweather like everybody else has tried to do over those rounds He's going to get tired. like, And you can see in this, I don't know if you've seen the show uh, that they're doing leading up to the fight, but dude, I mean, even as good of a shape as he's in, boxing is a little bit different. He looks yeah. a little winded. He's, I mean, the stuff that he's doing with his arms, like, I don't, I mean, if he tries that with Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> he's going to go to sleep. Like, he's going to go to sleep. And Floyd hasn't had a knockout since, what, 2012 or 11 or something like that? Man, I'll bet on that. I'll yeah. bet that Floyd will knock out Conor McGregor. <laughs> I definitely, I, was, I, I don't want to see it, but. He ain't had one in a while. Yeah. So. 22 years ago tomorrow, at America was waiting for something similar to what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson was facing this new guy. His name was Peter McNeely. I don't know if you remember that. Right. They had right. all these Pizza Hut commercials and all this other type of stuff about how good this fight was going to be and what this guy was going to do to Mike Tyson. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That fight was fixed. It was, you think so? Yeah. He said, well, he knocked him out. No, give me a break, man. It wasn't happening, though. No. That dude was. He was <laughs> Even tra- after he lost, he got endorsements for losing that fight. Nick Peter, Nick, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I just, that was a joke. Yeah. That's a. Uh, I can't. It's. Uh, I'm going to watch it, and they're going to make a ton of money. And when. But what scared me was when they were asking Floyd about the fight, and they asked him, uh, could you lose? And he goes, I don't think anybody who's making a half a million dollars, half a billion dollars um, on anything can lose is a loser. And so I was thinking to myself, like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he would throw this or because he's too prideful for that. And he doesn't want to take that L. But it was just weird because I think he's trying to sell tickets, but it kind of like as a fan, like, come on, Floyd, where, uh, come on, give me something. Like, yeah. be the cocky Floyd that we all know and love. But he's like, you can't lose if you're making, you know, half a billion dollars. Like, you're a winner. Or you're making a, a hundred million dollars. In McGregor's instance, you're not a loser. No way. I'm like, nah. I don't want to hear that. I wanted him to knock him out. <laughs> I, I think in this fight, the way I've always seen it is, and if you've ever been out there, I'm not condoning fighting, but if you've been in a certain amount of fights in your life, there's certain fighters you don't want to fight. When I was growing up, I always hated fighting people who I knew were very afraid of me because I didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't know if they were going to lash out at me or bite me, so I was very protective. But if I could see in the other person's face, like, okay, this person thinks they, they can take me, it's an easier fight for me because I kind of know how they're going to try to take me down. That's why I want to watch this fight. I so literally, you, think, you think there's something that Conor McGregor can do to Floyd Mayweather that he's never seen before? Oh, exactly. 
What? I think we're all going to be this in awe of him. He might what is do he a car one ring. Y'all can't see what Trey is doing right now, but he's just. What is that? What is that? Waving his arms up. That's and what McGregor's doing. Like I'm like, what is that? What is that? You ever been in a fight before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, just Floyd is not going to lose a fight. He's just not. He might knock him out. I, I have zero interest in this fight. It does nothing for me. Like absolutely nothing. Well, I, I can't. I can't even imagine Conor McGregor knocking him out. Even if he did knock him down, mm. I think that would just wake Floyd up. Okay, okay. Now I'm gonna kick your butt for real, for real. This is just not gonna happen. I think you fall into about the three percent of the world who doesn't have some type of interest in this fight. I think that even if you're not it's a grown, boxing though. fan, yeah, it's grown from time. Well, they've done a good job of hyping it, right? Up. But right. the fight, the fight that people should be excited about is the fight that's going to happen a couple weeks after that right right that absolutely alvarez and triple g fight is going to be ridiculous have you seen them on first take uh-uh oh I, yes 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 boring yes, yes. thing yeah. yeah i have great respect for him yeah i have great respect like come well, on bro, i don't, I don't think that. I don't but, you, but you do know when two men say that when they get into the ring <laughs> <laughs> they're going to show you how much respect they have for another oh yeah i mean even look at um mickey ward and uh Gotti. They had great respect for another. That was after the first fight. Though. Yeah, those were that those was, were that trilogy was brutal. Amazing. Those yeah. were brutal, brutal fights. Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait for that. Now, as far as Mayweather and McGregor, I'm a WWE fan, so I've already seen it all before. I've already <laughs> seen lead ups to SummerSlam and WrestleMania. So I've seen Hogan and, and all that. So I mean, The Rock. I didn't know you were a WWE fan. I, I was. You used to be. I mean, I, I can't watch as much now, but I was. You know, back in the attitude area with um stone cold and the rock and all them so you know okay they can't do anything necessarily so he's doing y'all the service this dude used to make paper belts <laughs> oh wow you go put me on blast on the podcast <laughs> i could say something about you too chris I'm not, I'm not gonna put you on blast though That's but yeah i mean i was a wwe fan yeah so i mean they can't really do anything leading up to the fight that's just going to get me more interested in the fight it's just not going to happen they're not going to fool me i am not buying this fight that's not going to do it yeah it's going to be a good one though i think it's, gonna, it's something that we're definitely going to be talking about it uh <laughs> come, come. Well, what, hey, let's just, so what what would there be to talk about like let's just say it happens that floyd Mayweather beats him what are we going to talk about exactly how bad he beats him mm-hmm. okay and if if mcgregor wins it will break the internet if, no, if uh, conor mcgregor look look you're right <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> And I will be going back on YouTube or whatever to try <laughs> watch to, to watch it to see exactly what happened. I would. But yeah, he's gonna break the internet, man. It's it's if if he does that. But I, I I'm just hoping that it doesn't happen. I wanna see Floyd like I wanna see Floyd like have an opportunity to knock him out and just let him hang on and then just get him to the brink of knockout again and then do it again. I just wanna see him just I wanna see him tap out. I wanna see him tap out with not, without a submission hole. So basically, you want Quit. to see a six-round fight. That's what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. This is six rounds max. Yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah. I would love to see that. It's not going to happen, guys. Floyd, is, he plays this perfectly, getting y'all all hyped up for the fight. Because really and truly, when the first the fight was first announced, it was almost like it was 50-50, right? That's how I felt. Like 50 people were like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch it. And people like, they're going to watch it. And it just hyped it up so much. Now you're saying I'm in the 3% of people that don't want to watch this fight. <laughs> well, the problem is McGregor doesn't have anything to lose. So like all these other fighters that fought, they want they're fighting to if I lose, I want to set up that rematch. I want I don't want to lose my rank. I don't want to just get smoked. McGregor has he's not ranked. That's not enough though. He's, for him to for him I can go into the fight with Floyd Mayweather. I have nothing to lose. All I have to gain is a payday. That's so it. you're just going to go all out. So you're going to doesn't mean I have doesn't have a chance to win. Going all out, this is because you go all out. It's like any other sport. If you go all out and you don't have any preparation, you have a, a set plan, you have any experience, you might be better, you might be worse off that way, just going out and just doing anything. He has no chance. Conor McGregor has no chance. The, the Conor McGregor's like those, some of those NBA players on those 10-day contracts or those veterans who get invited to camp super late, right? They mm. have to go 
balls of the wall, just I got to give you everything that I got, which could, that's going to be different from Floyd Mayweather. Like, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. He's not used to people coming at him every single round. As soon as that bell rings, he's going to be, McGregor's going to be in his face. So McGregor got one of one of two things. I'm going to knock him out or he's going to knock me out. McGregor's not trying to go 12 rounds with Floyd Mayweather. There's not going to be a part, there's not going to be a part two. And that's the beauty of this fight. Mayweather likes to control his fights. And honestly, whenever you watch somebody fight Mayweather, they normally bring everything the first three rounds. You're like, oh, wow, this person is throwing it all at him. But with McGregor, the the typical boxers who fight Mayweather are thinking, I'm going to give him my all in these first three rounds, but I still got to save a little bit just in case. McGregor's thinking, this is it. (laughs) I'm going to give him three rounds. That's y'all are not convincing me at all. If they I'm go just, twelve rounds, Mayweather's got. They're the not going to go. 12 I'm just rounds. saying he's got the most to lose because they're going to be like, why couldn't he knock this guy out? He's getting older. Blah blah blah. Yes, he's fifty and over. Blah. May McGregor's like, I ain't got time for that. I make money in seven minutes, right? Five minutes, a submission hole. He's not going to. He's not going to be down with that. And when Floyd's got to get him off of him every round, hugging him, headbutting him. All types of little stuff like that, that subtle things you can get away, a couple of low blows here or there. Watch, watch. There'll be some headbutts. I'm telling you. Headbutts, low blows. There's going to be some headbutts. That's just stuff that he's just, I mean, your mentality, his mentality is going to come into play at some point. He's not going to be able, he doesn't have the, the mental capacity. I shouldn't say that. That's not right. He doesn't have the, the framework to go back and rely on certain things. He doesn't have the muscle memory to do some of that stuff. Like he he's going to go back to what okay um, Mayweather gets on me I might put my knee up not to kick you but just like to protect myself because that's what he does right and right, I think right. those types of things a blow blow to Floyd or a headbutt okay 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 I'll lose the point I'm gonna lose the fight anyway but if he can do that to injure Floyd at all then we got a different fight it, this kind of reminds me of when you talk about a team bringing their all March Madness so you're watching a sixteen versus one or fifteen versus a two when you watch those right, games. All they're doing, and he has a bracket buzzer shut on. All, all they do is shoot threes. That's what those teams do. They shoot threes and try to get layups, and to hell with everything else. And so, they, the sixteen-one matchup is never really close. Sometimes it is. Sometimes most it is. of the time it's they've not. never won. I get they've that. Never they've never won. won. But there are times you're watching like, mm, they almost got that team. So just watching that is exciting. Duke losing to Mercer. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. dude, like the, what, what, what was Duke ranked? Man, I think they were a two seed. The Mercer two was a fifteen. Yeah. yeah, something. But that's like, like that. even the odds of that happening are so low. I understand what you're saying that he's gonna go out there, balls to the wall. He has nothing to lose. But I think that that goes against him. Honestly, I think Floyd Mayweather. If you think that Floyd Mayweather is the greatest defensive boxer of all time, <laughs> plays right into his hands. Yeah. Honestly, I just I have zero point zero 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 interest in this fight. Duke My was, stance has not changed. Duke was a three and a fourteen, by the way. Okay, Duke but was number three. Okay, Mayweather might be the third greatest boxer of all time. Maybe. Maybe. And he's gonna lose a fight to an MMA fighter. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I don't want him to lose. Don't get it twisted. I do not want him to lose. But anything is possible. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Gardner. Oh gosh. So what's what's the next what's the next topic we're gonna to talk about right now? Just throw it up, just whatever. We can I always throw, I throw you the ball and just you dunk it. Oh, we can. I know Trey was trying to say something about the Cowboys, and I would cut you know? that off. How did you know? Now, <laughs> how did you know? I'm excited for the Texans, and this oh. is why. Texans had to joint practice with the uh, the, <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> Texans had to joint pa- um, practice with the Patriots this week. And we do play each other this season, so I think we're both gonna have both teams gonna have really they're gonna really play some very base defenses. But anytime the Patriots hold joint practices during the off season, that's typically when they really buckle down as a team and get together. They don't really show you anything during the preseason games. And from what we were hearing, Deshaun Watson was doing really well versus their first team defense. And I think the preseason game tonight, uh It'll be really interesting um, to see if Deshaun Watson can move the ball and how many snaps he gets with the first team offense for the Texans. Yeah, we, we talked on this on our last episode, the lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about um, some of the comments that Tom Savage made that he expects. I forgot what exactly what he said, but he said that he is a starting quarterback until someone takes away from him, basically. Um, but Deshaun Watson, I have been hearing a lot of good things coming out of practice about Deshaun Watson. I haven't seen anything, obviously. But I'm hearing a lot of good things. Don't look at me like that. Trey. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Deshaun Watson fan, remember? 
ah, you know, the closer we get to the start of the season, I, I'm almost inclined to say he's going to be starter week one. It's almost like it's being set up that way. Mm. Like, does that I, make you happy? I, yes, and it's a bittersweet kind of thing. I just want them to be careful. I do feel like we have something special in Deshaun Watson. I do. And if any organization can F that up, <laughs> it's the Houston Texans. And and yep. that just that scares the crap out of me. If if they put in Deshaun Watson too soon and his confidence gets rattled, I don't even think that he's not going to be a great football player, but he might not be a great football player on this team, on the Houston Texans team. He might go through all he goes through and then go to another team and then start shining. That's just the fear that I have. But I, I do think that Watson is something special. Now, are the Houston Texans going to develop him the right way? I don't know. They have not given me any confidence that they've done that with any other quarterback. So why would I expect it with, with Watson? I don't think the I don't think you've had a quarterback since maybe Schaub. Matt Schaub is the best quarterback the Houston Texans have ever had. Right. But I don't think you've had a quarterback take a snap for you since Schaub that with Deshaun Watson's skill set, his fire, his tenacity. His leadership. I mean, the kid is a natural born leader. Yeah, he is. He's. I think, yeah. and I think Dabo Sweeney did a good job with him um, at Clemson, and I think they found they found a diamond in the rough. Is it going to be easy? Heck no. But I think they found a diamond in the rough, and I think what we've also seen with these young quarterbacks nowadays is, especially those that played four years in college. He's not one of those that played a year or two and came out like this kid, uh, two years and came out. This kid played four years in college, right? He was a four-year starter? Yeah, four years. Four, yeah. He played four years, I'm sorry, at Clemson. So this isn't some 20-year-old kid trying to find his way or trying to read defenses. He played at the highest level, played against some NFL-type, not quality, but NFL-type defenses. Um, and I think he's going to do well. I think he's going to do really, really well. He was my favorite player uh, in this draft, and I'm, I'm happy for him. Really happy for him. Let me ask you guys this. So let's say he starts week one. What are the odds he has a season similar to Dak Prescott? Not even close. Not even close. I don't think he'll have the. I don't think he'll have the offensive weapons, including the offensive line that <laughs> Dak Prescott had. But I think that he, I think he could have a year similar, if not better, to what Jameis Winston did his rookie year, which was a good year. It was a good. It was a really good year. How 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 good really was Dak Prescott's rookie year? I know, great. I know. Like as far as record wise, it was good. But how were the numbers? How did his numbers look Come, that year? I mean, because I think that, that's what you're saying. Those numbers wise, are you talking about? I was talking about both numbers wise and I think winning games. Okay, yeah, I, I think he has the opportunity to win some games if that defense lives up to what we expect them to do. The offensive line does scare me, but if the defense does play well. Dak's numbers were ridiculous. Okay, so yeah, you you, you want to read them to him? So uh, it was he had over thirty six hundred yards, a touchdown interception ratio. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> he threw twenty three touchdowns, he had four interceptions, and yeah. he had a passer rating above one hundred and four. So let's one hundred four point nine. Let's let's to hope be exact. So you can't give, you don't do much better than that. You don't do that. That those types of numbers there are stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost a six to one. Touchdown interception ratio? Yeah. That's, I mean. There's no way he duplicates that. Dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> like no just, Dak's not going to do that, but neither no, is Deshaun. No, Deshaun's not oh, going to yeah. do that. He's he's not. Um, and it's just because of the offensive line to me personally. The offensive line that the Cowboys have is the best in the league, and Deshaun's not going to have that. He's going to be back there, you know, running for his life sometimes. Yeah. So, so uh, Jameis Winston's rookie year, uh, and I don't think Deshaun will throw this much, but he had 4,000 yards passing. 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and an 84.2 pass rating, which that's not great, but yeah. I mean, it's it was respectful for him his his rookie year, and I think that's what who's a better quarterback, Jameis Winston or Dak Prescott? That's easy. That is. I want. I want. I want to right now. Right now, Dak Prescott. Oh my god! <laughs> easy. Are y'all serious? You're a comedian, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, miss, you crack me Jameis up. Jameis threw for 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 18 interceptions last year. Dak doesn't make those mistakes. But this is this is Jameis Winston had 14 what's, more what's interceptions. Because, what's Trey's thing? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. 
It's based on the team, though, right? You know, Dak Prescott, he has the luxury of being careful with the ball because the offense is so so good. Oh, yeah. But Jameis Winston, he has to go balls to wall sometimes. Mm-hmm. Plus you know? 19 to plus 10 on a uh, takeaway ratio. Plus 19 to plus 10. Which would you rather but, have? But, you know, I'm not surprised. This is the same guy that I'm, said Dak Prescott is better than, than Matt Ryan. So Oh, easy. So, you know. I just I, said I would I, rate him higher than him right now. I think if you put Jameis on that Dallas squad last year, they probably came out winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, out your mind. They probably would have. If you gave if you gave Dak Prescott Mike Evans, I guarantee he probably had 29, 30 touchdowns. So Mike Evans is better than Dez didn't play that much last year. Dez was injured. See how he backtracks. They had Ezekiel Elliott, though. Aha. Ezekiel Elliott, though, man. Yeah. Come on, man. They had Anybody you put behind that Tampa Bay line last year played well. Everybody. Jacquez Rogers made a y'all probably picked him up in your fantasy league. Dude came out beast. I did. I did it. <laughs> you didn't? No, I did. No. You then you didn't wake up early enough on the waiver wire then. Because somebody <laughs> I already had enough. I already had enough running backs on my team. Yeah. I didn't so, pick up Rogers. That's okay. But James Wilson is a better quarterback than You're that crazy. Prescott. He just he is, man. man. You do not believe you don't believe that. I do believe no that. No way. Stop hating. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> hates on this show is you. <laughs> You are, the, you are the main hater Who on the show. Who do I hate on? Who do I hate on? Uh, San Antonio, Houston. I apologize to San Antonio and Houston. They're my side chick. I, they don't hate on your side chick. You oh, can't make them mad. Anyway, so okay, so the AFC quarterbacks. The best AFC South quarterback right now is Andrew Luck. Second. Oh man, Marcus Mariota. And then third, Blake Bortles. You're taking Blake Bortles over. Uh, I mean, it's an abomination, but you got to. You're the Texans Blake- are saying right now Thomas Savage is a starter. So I'm choosing out of starters. I'm not going to say Deshaun Watson when he may not even be starting. I think Tom Savage right now is better than, than Blake Bortles. You are a homer. Right now. You're no, a no, homer. no, no, no. That has nothing to do with the Texans. You're a homer. I don't want, I don't want Tom <laughs> Savage to start. How am I homer? Savage is not better than Bortles. Bortles is boo-boo. And what is Savage? Okay, so... Blake Bortles is trash, right? And Tom Savage is a little bit above trash. It's not like you know, you know. Blake Bortles has little grimy stuff on the trash, and okay. like that. But wow. you Tom ca- Savage is above. It's dry you trash. Ca- you call. You call. <laughs> speaking of that, you call Bortles poo poo, right? Yeah, I'm poo pooing on Bortles. He's poo poo. Yes. yes. Then Savage is diarrhea, right? So, wow. so, so <laughs> Savage is terrible. Terrible. Look, we're having a debate of who's more trash, pretty much. Blake Bortles or Tom Savage? Yeah. So, but but don't be a homer. And the, reason, the, reason, the reason I'm giving Tom Savage is because we haven't seen him for a full <sighs> season. We've seen trash from Blake Bortles for an entire season, <laughs> and not only that, he has pretty decent wide receivers. Like who does? Blake Bortles. Alvin Robinson is good. Yes, he is. Good. He has receivers on each side. I mean. So and who then are, he had who are his he, two receivers. Allen Hearns was uh, was uh, was a receiver at one point too, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the guy you just Robinson. mentioned, Hearns and Robinson. Hearns yeah, and Robinson. those are pretty pretty. He cool. also has a tight end, Thomas. Yeah, they did pick up Thomas last year. <laughs> oh he didn't do anything with that. Their offensive line might be worse than the Texans. It might be, maybe it might be. And Blake Bortles, he struggled. But anybody in that <laughs> struggle, offense, struggle is they a, don't have a, a nice word. They say. weren't healthy at running back. They got Chris Ivory thinking that he was going to do something, yeah. and he did absolutely nothing. But I guarantee you, if they played the same amount of games, Blake Bortles' stats would be, be- ten times better than what's fa- Savage. Yeah, How I, can you I, say that with certainty? I'm though. just positive. I'm no, positive. I, I agree with Trey here. I'm, I would take Blake Bortles over Tom Savage, but that's just to me the question of either quarterback is a right. combination. So you're in trouble. With so you're right. talking about how great Jameis Winston was last year. Bortles threw for 3,900 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. So you're saying Blake Bortles is better than? Based I didn't the stats. say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> is that where you're going with this? The year before that, Bortles threw for almost 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 18 interceptions, and it had a higher pass rating than this Jameis Winston character you're making. You know, to be so great. He's only been in the league a couple of years. Okay, just say it then. Say Blake Bortles is better than James Winston. Just say it. I'm not going to say that. He has thrown for (laughs) 3,000 more yards. He has thrown for more yards. You're a stat guy. So basically, what you're saying. He's thrown for more yards, more touchdowns um, than Winston. I'm just saying. Okay, so if if it's your first time listening to this podcast, Trey is a stat guy. And most of the time when he names these stats and someone's 
stats are better than the other one. He's basically saying that that quarterback is better than that one. So right now what he's saying is that Blake Bortles is a better quarterback than James Winston. That's not what Trey is saying. Trey is saying Winston is a better quarterback. Statistically, Bortles has him right now. But after this year, Winston's going to pass him up. Okay. Just a couple shows ago, I predicted Blake Bortles would have a breakout season. But after watching his two preseason performances – I don't think he's going to survive the preseason. I think Chad Henney's going to take his job. Nah, they can't. I'm not. The coach already came out and said, he said, it's not an open competition. But he's he's been getting a lot of chances, though. What, what year is this for Big Bortles right now? I think you're five. You're five? Yeah. He's been getting a lot of opportunities, man. Really and truly. Like, if this is if this is truly year five for him. Because I think they were talking about last year, he was on thin ice. So this year, he's like on ultra thin he, ice. He's yeah. played three years. Okay, so okay three years. four. This is your four. Okay, so they okay, picked okay. up his option this season. Yeah. 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 So he's he he's got he's got better. He's got better. Y'all need to stop hating on Blake Bortles, man. But so who's the worst quarterback in the league right now? Brock Osweiler. That's hands down. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even want anybody to debate that. <laughs> Brock Osweiler is the worst quarterback in the, in the league? league. In the league, just of starting quarterbacks, he is the worst quarterback. He's in worse the than league. Cutler. Yeah. Yeah, I would take Jay Cutler right now, coming off the, you know, not doing anything in the offseason, as opposed to Brock Osweiler practicing his butt off throughout the whole offseason. I would take Jay Cutler right now, yes. I would probably take Brock Osweiler. <laughs> I can't do it. It's just, they're both garbage, but at least Brock Osweiler has a positive garbage to him. He's happy. <laughs> Jay Cutler is a sad garbage. He's, he's better than Tyrod Taylor? Who? Bro- Osweiler. Yeah, that's not even a question. How? Why would you put Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor played very good last year. Do you think so? Yeah, he did. He's kind of getting hope. No, 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 there. no, no. He you, took you away can. his best receiver. This the way you said it though was like, is there a Ty- question? Tyrod Taylor played. He's he's below average NFL. No, no, I'm not not the, really debating that, but he is way better than Brock Osweiler. He's eons better than Brock Osweiler. <laughs> you don't care who, what you do going down that list. You're not going to find any quarterback that I'm going to. I'm going to immediately say Brock Osweiler. There's not a quarterback. <laughs> He's the worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> this is not a question. <laughs> There's no debate to this. If we start off every podcast like who's the worst quarterback, this is Brock Osweiler. It'll be two minute podcasts. <laughs> we do about that topic. Y'all need to hook up, man. You need to just hug it out or something. With why, Brock why Osweiler, hating him so bad. There, there's see people with hate and the truth. Seventy two you know, million, right? Is that what y'all gave him? That's what the Texans gave him. Yes. Wow. You know. <laughs> That's how y'all roll. So anyway, I was saying that to say that Tom Savage and um, Blake Bortles are just a little bit ahead of. Of Brock Osweiler. Like they are just a little bit. They're eons ahead, but you know, they're <laughs> the next like Brock Osweiler is in a category by himself. Of, <laughs> of trash. I wish you could see your face right now. <laughs> I know what it looks like because I I saw him play with us a couple years Why ago. Why do you hate this man so bad? Did you see what he did with the Texans? It's not even just that. The positive thing that Chris is saying, that becomes freaking annoying. That's why I would like I'll just I'll take Jay Cutler. At least he can have the demeanor that the whole "I'm so happy to be here," blah blah blah. I've been Y'all paying quarterback for all years. That money. Y'all gave a backup quarterback. Well, we we thought he was gonna be like Matt Schaub at least. Please, Matt Schaub was back- backing up uh, Vic. So when he came, he did pretty decent. He was a pretty good quarterback, and he played with the system. We thought that's gonna be what Brock Rossman was gonna do. He was the garbage. Yeah. So. <laughs> Man, poor every, Brock. Every podcast we talk, Tony Romo or Brock Osweiler, the bangs of our 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 teams. Well, me and Trey, they're anyway. both trash. I don't know how you can say that Tony Romo was trash, man. Don't get my blood boiling today. <laughs> I'm trying to get yours because mine is blood boiling <laughs> right now. I can tell. <laughs> Any talk about Brock gets my blood boiling. Tony Romo was way better than Brock Osweiler. <sighs> Tony Romo couldn't catch a snap. If you catch that snap, I have a different respect for him. You see, after this offseason, I <clears throat> pray. I really wish that Romo – well, now that we have Deshaun, I'm happy we have Deshaun. But I would have loved for Romo to become a Texan and lead us to the Super Bowl. I would have been laughing my butt off. But they, they, still they still would have drafted Deshaun Watson, I think. You think so? And, they got and Tony he'd Romo. be starting too because he – Tony Romo, no, sir. 
That no. would been that would been better, dude, because maybe we had the same effect of taking him off and then putting him on like Dak Prescott. Tony, no mo, no mo, Tony. Sit your butt up in that booth. Set your ass down somewhere. What he needs to do. <laughs> Leave us Cowboys alone, man. Let's ride off into the sunset. Tony Romo is the third best quarterback the Cowboys have ever had. Fine, fine. Well, no, he's like the sixth best quarterback. <laughs> I already told you the order. He's actually better than Troy Aikman. You're out of your mind. He's better than Troy Aikman. No. The numbers say statistically. Statistically. He's so, a better quarterback. But, but, no, no. Go, pull him up. I already told you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the way I'm throwing the numbers t- right t- now. You want me to pull up the pull numbers? Pull up the numbers. The best count. <laughs> okay. I'll pull them up for you right now. I'm going to tell you the number. He was so quick to pull the numbers for, every other time. For Dallas But then he has hands folded like, I'm not going to pull them up. No, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Right here. Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks of all time. You want me to tell you? I'll read you. I'm not going to make it up. I'm going to read it in order. Roger Staubach. This is yards. Huh? This is yards? You want me to go by yards? No. What are you going to buy? Just the way that they rank them. No, 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 no. We want to do the stats. Let's go by yards. We want stats. I want stats. Yeah. Because you know how Cowboy fans are. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Rose is not going to be on that list. He said, you're trying to play us right now. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm just going to read it to you the way Dallas Cowboys quarterback stats. You want me to read them to you? Yes, yes. All right. So this got man, we had a lot of quarterbacks. I didn't realize that. So, number one, Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach, Danny White, Don Meredith, Craig Morton, Steve Pelour, Quincy Carter, Tony Romo. With the, the no. yards? <laughs> Get out of here, man. <laughs> can you can you can you read the yards? <laughs> Romo is a he's Fifteen hundred. No, I take that back. Like nineteen hundred yards more than Aikman. So he has the most passing yards in Cowboys history. Yes. So he's the best quarterback in Cowboys history. Is that how it works? I'm asking you, Stat Man. I'm asking. Is, is that how it works? It just it doesn't because he has the most yards. Does that make? Oh, it we best? we know that's not how it works, but I think you're. You're making it sound as yes, if Tony you know Romo is, you know is that bad. You know what? Let's let's make that a rule. That's how it works. He had the most yards. He's the best. <laughs> he had the most yards. He's the best. Which means Emmitt Smith's the greatest running back of all time, right? <laughs> right? Oh, you so weren't here for that. You were here for that debate. <laughs> so he's got we the most yards. Emmitt right? Smith he's and got Barry the most, Sanders. He's got the most yards. I just, I just want to point this out before we leave Romo. Out of the top five Dallas quarterbacks, he has the lowest interception percentage. By far, at least almost two or three percentage points lower than every. It's a other different game. Interceptions are interceptions. You throw into the other team. Well, even, even you it's say it's a different game. That, that, help, more, that helps us helps helps argue you know, even more. Aikman was at three percent, and Romo's at two point seven. Seven percent. That's not by far. That's a lot. You see what y'all are doing here, though. Dak Prescott. You see how you, you see how you can have a debate about this. Jason the Brock Osweiler debate. There is no debate. There's nothing to compare it to. At least you have that. Troy Aikman had the highest completion percentage in playoff history for a while. I think Jake Plummer took that over. But man, why are y'all even worried about it? Troy Aikman's? Troy Aikman's got three rings. How many has Romo got? <laughs> Troy Aikman's got more rings than Romo has playoff wins. Romo probably would have got a, no. a sniff of a playoff ring. You want me? Oh, you weren't here. You weren't here. You want me to tell you a story about if? You want me to tell you? Can I? See? <laughs> You want me to? T- can I say it? <laughs> that was a catch, by the way. <laughs> that Des Bryant was it a catch. It was a catch, right? Yes, that was a catch. He dropped. I mean, it. He that was a drop. It. it was a drop. It was a drop. He he got it, and then he tried to extend. Oh, in the process of my. trying to extend, but, but he dropped the ball. How do you how do you done? how do you extend the done? ball? Is it over? If you don't have control, is he, it over? This is the thing, though. He's so <laughs> touchdown hungry, he couldn't catch the ball. That's literally what ball. happened. He did not catch. That the was a catch. I was watching that game. So was I. And he dropped the ball. I, I got video and photo proof it was a catch. He, he, What's a football move? This is why he dropped the ball, because he was thinking touchdown. What's a football move? That's what Des Bryant was looking what for. What is a football move? Football moves when you catch the ball uh-huh. and make a move moving up the field. So when you he plant your foot that. on the three-yard line that, and you dive to extend the ball? But that's not what he did. Though. That is exactly he, what he did. He didn't have control of the ball. Before he even caught the ball, he was thinking, hmm, end zone. Because he's just so touchdown hungry. And then he reached for it and didn't catch it. That was a catch. That's why That's why the NFL doesn't know what a catch is today. They still can't tell you what a catch is because no, of that. that. They didn't make it simple. That was a catch. They make it too complicated now. 
That was. I don't even know what it. I no one knows what it catches. I, whenever someone catches the ball and drops, I'm like, okay, let's just see what's gonna. What's gonna yeah, happen. and now I'm I'm like, that's definitely not a catch. They're like catch, I'm catch. like what? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> How's that yeah. possible? And so the ones that think are definitely catches, they say you're not catching. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. Like that, the hail mary pass that uh Aaron Rodgers threw. I In Seattle? The, no, no, no. It was one he landed on his back, and the ball bobbled. Oh yeah. I thought they were gonna call that a no catch. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly I what you're talking about. I can't remember you caught the ball, but yeah. you just never know what's going to be there. So yeah. anyway, the yeah. tie in Seattle with um, that was, was that wasn't a catch. That wasn't a catch. Nobody argues that. Yeah, that was with the replacement refs. But they yeah. still call it a catch. That was with Golden. Tate. Well, Golden one, Tate, one of them did. One of them said yeah. it was a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. like I mean, I can't. Every time I watch that that replay, I would have been the dude screaming touchdown with my hands up because the replacement refs, you never get that opportunity. And you, wanna, and you want to say touchdown. Yeah, the crowd's yeah. about to go crazy. You so I would have said, after further review, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would move to Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beloved referee. Mm. He probably does live in Seattle right now. He better. <laughs> he better. Oh, gosh. Okay, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Hopefully, this won't turn into a lost podcast. 20.3. <laughs> This is the second time we're doing a 20th episode. But uh, make sure you subscribe, leave comments, let us know what we're doing right, what Trey is doing wrong, and then we can move on from there. Cowboy Nation. I, I was waiting for it. You know it's coming. It's you close. It. Just wait just two more weeks and it's on. Or three more weeks, but. I can't wait. Gotta get this fantasy football mix. I gotta you guys invite. You don't want no problems, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the new Channel Sports Podcast. Leave comments. Please rate the podcast with five stars. And don't forget to subscribe. Check out the podcast daily for sports news and scores. Thursdays for the take of the week. And every Tuesday and Saturday for discussions on hot sports topics.